Hi folks, welcome to another edition of Gold Viz and myself, C Nice, I'm Mian Bobak at Gold Riggs and Pejman Pars. Did an analysis of Iran's match. We thought about what happened during the match, what we think Harris is gonna do, you know, after this match. So there's a lot of things that we talked about and definitely was an interesting discussion. Towards the end of this pub we had a pretty cool revealing to do about a friendly that potentially that might happen. Um, and definitely check out that. Uh, we've spoken to a few people, and these are very, very close sources. You know, we're very in touch with the national team, so definitely check that out. And if you guys haven't already know, we have our website up, goldbazanpodcast.com. You could subscribe to our newsletter. Our pods are gonna all going to be up on there. Um, definitely, obviously, subscribe to us on iTunes. But if there's anything you guys want to talk to us about the website, if you guys wanted to come on, email us individually. Um, our emails are all up on the side, but if you want to just email to our general website, it's mail at goldbazampodcast.com. Please spread more awareness. We're trying to do the best we can to get the basically not only Iranian football community, but football community as a whole to get to know about Iranian football. Uh, and that's why we created this pod to bring more awareness. And um, as always, we appreciate the support you guys have been giving us and just keep doing so. We just love the game, and um, let's see how the boys will do. And let us know your thoughts if there's any concerns or anything you may have. Thank you. Enjoy this episode, guys. Hello and welcome to another episode of uh, Golbezan Podcast. Uh, I'm your host for today, Sina Soemian, and I'm uh, happy to welcome uh, the usual panel, um, Bobak Goldriz. Bobak, it's good to have you on. Good to be here, Sina. Pejman, Pejman, good to speak to you too, per usual. And, uh, of course, usually it'd be Pasha Hajian who hosts these um, these podcasts, but for, for this episode we decided to switch places and Pasha, you are on the other side of the panel now, aren't you? And uh, how are you doing tonight? Very well. It kind of feels weird, but looking forward to talking to you, gents, as always. <laughs> great, great. So, as you both know, we just played a friendly against uh, Russia in Kazan, uh, a 1-1 draw, um, which I thought was a, a good result. Uh, but uh, getting straight into the discussion, um, Bobak, what were your expectations of this friendly? I mean, picking it up from the last podcast that we, uh, we made after the friendly against Togo, um, we were all kind of disappointed, I think, with the lineup, and you was you said it was too many changes in the starting eleven. What did you what what were you expecting Kairos to do with this friendly, and where your expectations uh, matched? Uh, I think uh, this time around the lineup was a little bit more closer to what we expected the first time around. Uh, he made one or two changes, which made sense. He probably wanted to see how another right-back and Gafuri would perform uh, instead of Rezoyan, especially considering we may play, we are going to be on the back foot and we're going to be defending most of the time and Gafuri is probably a little bit more solid than Rezoyan in that position. So that was a good choice. Uh, Ibrahimi suddenly came back into the reckoning in midfield, which was surprising, I would say, but options may not have uh, left him with many more choices and then we had Amiri playing in a number eight or slash ten somewhere between the two probably more of an eight 
which was a big surprise. Um, so overall, lineup wise, I think uh, it was good to see one or two isolated changes when the majority of the structure of the team remains the same so that you can give those players the chance to perform. But I was disappointed that neither Alirza Hayri or uh, Saman Godos uh, started. Um, Pejman, as, um, as Bob had just said, I think the fact that uh, Ebrahimi and Amini play central midfield in this game and the presence of uh, Ruzbehe Cheshmi as well as uh, Abdullah Zadeh in the, the last game against Togo, I think it indicates that Kairos is really trying to find someone who can play through the middle, especially when you consider that Ezzatoli will miss the first game in the World Cup due to suspension. Uh, so what did you make of this change in, in, in central midfield and do you think will either of these players uh, be the right replacement uh, for Zatullahi? And also, uh, uh, for me personally, as Bobak mentioned as well, Harry he was uh, kind of I was surprised that he didn't get any game time during these two these two friendlies. So, what, what are your thoughts on, uh, on those issues? Well, uh, regarding your first question about the, the midfield, um, I think uh, we will have. Uh, it's too early to say uh, what kind of players we need there or how they will play. Uh, as you said, Ezatolai won't be playing the first game in the World Cup, so it leaves a spot. Probably we'll see Har Safi getting back there in the, in the middle next to somebody like maybe Karimi or even uh, Omide Ebrahimi, which I think did decent and uh, in, in some ways. Uh, he's, can he, he's a nice shooter uh, and he can uh, help the defense quite well as well, quite well. But then again, uh, I think if uh, our opponents, whoever they might be, will see that weakness as well, because uh, whoever plays next to Hodge Safi needs to be on their toes and needs probably to do their three matches or one or two matches of their lives in the World Cup. Uh, and what we saw against Russia, I think uh, uh, Kairos still have some thinking to, to do about how to play and who to play there. And I think it's, it's too early to, to draw any conclusions more than that we, we, need, uh, we need to try a couple of formations and see what suits Iran the best. And about Hariri, yeah, I was uh, surprised and disappointed that he didn't get any playtime because uh, we know Beiran Vand, uh, or at least uh, Kairos know Beiran Vand and what to expect from him. I was surprised that he lets Hamid Elak play. I think he did really good against Togo and uh, nothing short should come out of that. But um, Hariri coming back to the squad and probably being the main contender for the first spots uh, with Beiran Vand, he should have had get some play time to to show himself on the international stage again. So uh, there will be the, the next games are in November, just like in a month. So hopefully, Hariri will be get called up and get some play time there as well. Because for me, Beethoven is still a liability and he still makes the same mistakes that, that we talked about so many times. Yeah. Pasha, what are, what are your thoughts uh, on, on the points that uh, the guys 
Yeah, I mean, I just want to pinpoint that based off the last two matches, we could see that obviously Karish is trying to switch to a 4-3-3, trying to change, you know, the dynamic of the game, the tactics. But unfortunately, even changing these tactics, we still struggle to score goals as we don't have a number 10, as even our Lincoln plays hasn't been up to the standards of, you know, national team play that has to do well in the World Cup. Um, one of the biggest disappointments for me has been, you know, the partnership with even Buri or Ramin when it comes to John Bash, I mean, it doesn't seem like that's been working out. And I think that's one of the main reasons why that I honestly feel like Adi Reza could be struggling for the team um, because of those two ridebacks. But also another interesting point I do want to make is that I'm just curious what he's trying to get out of Saeed now. I don't know if it's because now he feels like he wants to revert to a 4-3-3 to play Saeed more as a 6 but at the same time, when if he wants to play side as a six, we don't have much of a creative number eight. And looking at the game against Russia, he had Ebrahimi and Amir. For me, in my viewpoint, they're both number eights. But the link-up play for them with Jaron Bash, Tarimi, and Ozbun was very disappointing. So I think that's another question mark that Karish needs to address. Uh, another point that I do want to make is that obviously Tarimi has pretty much... Um, Proven a point to me. I've uh, been a very huge critic of him in the past. And um, I feel like even Bobak, we had a discussion even before the pod off the air, that it definitely seems like he's going to start there because his, even his partnership with Hyde Safi and the work rate he does on the left flank, like potentially is the reason why that could we see the competition between Jahan Baksh and Salmon, and Salmon, excuse me, on the right is one of the main reasons why. But the issue we have now is, is Karish right now using a 4-3-3 based off of just trying something new? Or is it just because he feels like Ashkan is not playing? And Masood, obviously, because of the controversies there that everybody knows about, he's not playing. So is that why he's playing a 4-3-3? And overall, is that even if we're playing these formations, end of the day, we need to start scoring goals. And, and it's very disappointing for me to see that's not happening, even with the dynamic of the game but uh, nonetheless I think for a Russian team we did well um, and um, but it also goes on to show how big of a player Jalal Husseini was for us uh, I didn't think Buri had the best of games neither Mortiza not even Haid Safi to be honest with you but still Jalal Hussein put in a shift in, and it was because him because of him that honestly led to the goal for Osmoon but there's a lot of more question marks than answers and um I just don't know what Carlos Kersh is trying to get at at the moment. But for me, nonetheless, it was a good performance. I honestly expected a win, not a loss. But, um, yeah. There are some really good points there, Pasha, especially the one about Hosseini, which is what I want to go into next. And, Peshman, I'm coming to you with this one. Uh, we had a few changes in the in the back four. Of course, we saw Hosseini back into the back into the uh, squad uh, after he missed uh, the last international break because of injury, especially the game against uh, Syria, the 2-0 draw. And uh, we felt like his his absence can be felt. So firstly, what did you think about him coming back into the team? And what do you, what is, what is it about him that you think makes us a better defensive unit as a whole? And also another point uh, I wanted to make is that Hoss, uh, with, with the injury to Milad Mohammadi, um, meant that for me, I thought Saida Ogoi might get a, uh, get a chance to show that he deserves to go to the World Cup as the second left back. But we saw how Sadi played both games at left back. Do you think that means that uh, Safi will also act as a as a backup left back for the World Cup, and we probably wouldn't see uh, a second choice fullback uh, in the World Cup squad? 
Well, okay, that was two big questions. Uh, your first question about Hosseini, I was really glad that he was uh, back in the starting eleven. For me, Jalal Hosseini is the best Iranian defender we have at the moment. Uh, because, yes, he's getting older, but he's getting also wiser. He's a natural leader on the pitch, uh, and he makes other players better when he's around. Um, I didn't feel the stress I feel when Murtaza Pulaliganji is playing as a defender next to somebody else that is not Hosseini. Then uh, Murtaza have to be the guy taking the responsibility. And I don't think he's up to that really yet. Uh, I also got happy when the, uh, Hosseini yelled at uh, Beiran Wan because <laughs> Beiran Wan made a stupid uh, decision when uh, when uh, what's his name, when, when Hosseini wanted to uh, clear the ball with his head, but then all of a sudden, Beiramans come from nowhere and more or less uh, kicks or boxes both uh, uh, Hosseini and the ball to nowhere. And we just got lucky that, that the ball didn't went to a Russian guy. He actually went to a Russian guy, but it didn't went the way it was supposed to be, so he couldn't make a, a decent effort on goal. Uh, after that, Hosseini turned back and yelled really, really harshly at Beiranwan, like, what the hell are you doing? At least communicate or let me take the ball because I have it under control. So, yeah, I hope Hosseini will return back as a, as a fixed player in every game because he's needed. Um, and about your question about Hosseini, I think for sure he will play as, as a left back Um Agai is still too uncertain for me, and I can't see anybody else taking that position. Pulari did really great in the World Cup. Uh, he hasn't been playing since then in the national team. He's lacking in, in some club in Thailand, in Bangkok, and God knows uh, if he will ever come back to the national team. I don't think so, and he's also getting too old, maybe, uh, for that position. So hopefully, Mohamadi will... Uh, uh, will be fit and not injured and if not Haj Safi will definitely be that second choice and I doubt if, if Agai will actually make a squad for the World Cup but we'll see K-Rush is like a kinder egg you know it's always full of surprises <laughs> Robert, what are your thoughts? <laughs> I like that kinder egg comment <laughs> uh, I think Bejman hit the nail on the head there with both of his uh answers uh, when it comes to Hosseini when he's there even though Hosseini doesn't have a composed playing style he does give you that you feel like things are under control you feel like he's going to get to the ball first and that's the thing he has this passion he has this determination to always get to the ball first and that's something that uh, Morteza Puraliganji or the other centre-back partners that we've seen in recent times don't have. They are more standoffish and let the action come to them. But Hosseini moves towards the ball, which is something we need. Uh, on two or three occasions on in the first half, he uh, made some decent tackles, uh, showed good pace to get in front of the Russian player. And then again in the second half, the goal even came from his... Uh, let's say, uh, rectification of Puradi Ganji's mistake. Uh, and eventually it went to Taremi. Taremi laid it off to uh, Osmond. So, Hosseini, for me, 
if I had to pick a man of the match, it would be him. And considering that he hasn't played for us for a while and he's had fitness issues, it's very, very impressive. In terms of the Hajj-Safi question, I just hope, like Rejman, that Eson is not injured because it has a double impact on the team. Um, when he played at left-back, the Russians, uh, especially Samedov in the second half, exposed them and they were attacking down the our left side, their right side, and sending in crosses at will. So... Esan is not the most reliable left-back he's been found out in the past. But on top of that, it gives us a further problem in our already problematic central midfield. Because if you take him out of that equation, then you have potentially Said and Esan's spots already available. And then you have that third spot also, which we don't know as of now. Is Masoud going to be there? Is Ashkan going to play as a number 10? Is he going to go for a third central midfielder? So we can't afford that. So I hope that Milad Mohamadi is uh, fit for the World Cup uh, and available because he's definitely our best left-back and probably our best full-back. And then you have Ehsan playing in central midfield where he has more of, an, more of a positive impact on the game, I think. Push, I, I completely agree with uh, what the guy said. And I think... Personally, I think after Osmoon and Jahanbash, Milad Mohammadi and Jalal Hosseini are probably the two names that are nailed on to start if they are fit. Yeah. Um, but what do you think about their impacts uh, in these two games? Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, Jalal Hosseini is our leader. If that's the first name that comes up to my mind when somebody says who's the leader on this Iranian national team is Jalal. He gets the best out of even, like, if, for example, let's say if Ansari played or Kanani played or Cheshmi, uh, Mortezo played. Montezer, he always gets the best out of those players, you know, when we saw Mortez, uh, poor Ali Ganji and Ansari, they both look shaky, you know, the back line didn't look as organized, but whenever you have Jalada, there's composure, there's leadership, and as, like, Pejman pointed out, he immediately went on to Bayram and started shouting, I mean, that's what you want to see in a leader, you know, because that shows you how, uh, you know, leadership he has in him and how much experience he has, is right off the bat, he knew what the goalkeeper just did, it's just a mistake, and for S on a hard Sefi, I personally think that for the World Cup, it's going to be either him. We, I think he's going to play in the middle, but Milad Mohamedi is going to play at left backs. So I don't see anybody else cares who's going to call up for that position. And Milad Mohamedi has right now proven a name for himself right now in Russia. He's done fantastic for his club. Every time we've been watching him, we've been so impressed because not only does he attack well, he defends well. That's something that I think Vuria and Ramin both lack in some sense, but he's been a huge, huge player, and um, hopefully they both will be healthy, but my only biggest concern now is is that how well Milad Mohamedi links up with this, whoever's playing on the left wing, and even Eston, as we saw with Tarimi, they both did a fantastic job. My only concern now is how do we get the best out of Vuria and Ramin to get the best out of the either Salman or Jaumbash, and I think right now the right-hand spot I feel like we still have a lot of issues because a lot of our attacks in the second half, even going with the goal, came from the left-hand side. So I feel like our right-hand side is pretty exposed. Um, but nonetheless, I'm pretty sure Jalal Hosseini, um, Haj Safi, Milad Mohamedi um, are definitely guaranteed starters in the World Cup if they're all he- if they're all, three of them are all healthy. Ejman, you mentioned uh, your disappointment in the lack of game time for for Samar Hordus, the, the latest addition to the national team. And um, uh, although I agree with you, I'd like to know your opinion on, on where do you think would be his 
best position to play. I know he can play on the right, on the left, and he can play as a number 10. But in order to get the best out of him, and also considering the players that we already have in the squad, what do you think? Where, which position do you think would be the best to get uh, to you know for him to perform? And also, do you think he would be able to start in the World Cup? I think the best position for someone who does in the Iranian national team will be a number ten, behind a striker like. Osmoon or maybe even Kucha Nejad, but I think uh, Osmoon will definitely be uh, Kero's first choice. Um, also, we must not forget that uh, he he's a good passer, actually. He makes some important passes for other players uh, that can uh, lead to a goal. And he's got a decent shot, which he also showed against uh, Togo, where he created the first goal after his hard shot got deflected. Uh, can he start in an, in in a World Cup game? Well, I think first of all, Kerosh needs to see him more in action in uh, in the on the field. You know, it's I think it's hard for players to to show themselves on on training and national team because uh, it's it's too much uh, discussion and works about tactics and maybe not so much time to show yourself. But then again, you're not in the in this you know in a work in a national team squad to show yourself you have already proven yourself uh, in your in your national in your, in your club so when you're in the national team you basically just need to show show yourself on the field and he's gotten two games now versus togo and uh, russia uh, based on those two games i don't think it's enough to be a starter in the world cup but Fortunately, he has plenty of time to show himself that he's worthy, and uh, he. I think he still needs to to show himself in in the starting lineup that Kairos wants in the in the World Cup. The, the lineup against Togo. I don't know how many of those players will, will play in the first eleven or will play at all. So it's 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 uh, it's really hard now to, to demand a first. Uh, a squad in the first 11 but uh, until World Cup I think it can change and then yes he has got the potential to be in a starting 11 for Iran that's for sure Pasha you already mentioned Mehdi Tarami and, and uh, his performances for Iran and I feel like if he is fit to play and if he's playing as well as he is right now then the left wing spot will be his to start in the World Cup Putting aside his fantastic assist for the goal Osman scored against Russia, I think we've seen in the last 12 to 18 months the work that he puts in off the ball uh, when we don't have the ball that makes him so great for uh, for Carlos Kairos. So when you consider that and what Pejman said about uh, Samar Ordus um, and also the absence of Masu Shujai in this squad, do you think... Um, that when when the World Cup starts, Kodus can or will play that number ten role. You know, it depends. Honestly, I would say it depends on who we get. Because at the moment, um, I feel like Kairosh is playing a four three three to trying to test some things out. Um, but then again, when if if Ashkan ever gets a club, is is does he believe that Ashkan is a ten? And um, regardless, even if Salman is gonna play, or if he's gonna play Salman as a right wing. Is, is he going to play Ashkan at 10 or Masood? 
but regardless of all of this uh, situation, I think what Taremi has proven um, and what Carlos Kershaw has proven to us is that despite the whole controversy that is happening between him, uh, Paris Police and FIFA because of his past club that he joined in Turkey, that there's a huge confidence um, that Kershaw has in this player because if we remember how Sai was on the bench all the time and he wasn't getting any playing time, you know, he was still getting called up and he was still starting, you know. And I think the reason why that goes on to show that I feel like it's kind of similar to Tarami, that there's a huge trust within this player. Um, and he's done, a, honestly, a decent job. And even off the pitch, um, he's very close to Ozmoon. And then when we see on the pitch, I think he's gotten the best out of Ozmoon, to be honest with you. Um, even looking at the qualifying matches, both for goals and assists, I mean, these guys just know where each other are on the pitch. And if we look at the goal against Russia, it was a fantastic goal coming from Ozum because it just came off of, you know, Tarmi's physique. And as everybody knows, that Portuguese manager really like physical players. And I think Tarmi has proven that. But my only issue right now is that, you know, there's a lot of question marks, you know. Are we going to play a 4-2-3-1? But my only concern is that if even if we're going to play a number 10, could we really, really play that open against sides such as top European sides? And because we're playing two-man midfield, and side is not going to be playing the first game. So let's, for example, say Eston is going to play there. You know, with Ebrahimi, could they really, really control the game and try to get the ball up to our, you know, you know, the flanks, the wingers, or our strikers? You know. So right now, I think that he's looking at the situation with Dejaga that you know he's not playing. You know, he's not up to the standard. So let's play with a four-three-three. But then again, right now we're playing with a 4 We still look clueless because we didn't have any proper number eight to, so, you know, distribute the balls to our, you know, wingers and the strikers. So that's the, there's a lot of problems we have right now in the team and we're seeing that. But at the moment, like even Bobak has said, it, does it seem like Tarmi is nailed on on the left wing right now? Yes, because even when we called up Salman, I thought he was bringing Salman just to see that he's going to create competition between him and Tarmi. But now we're seeing that the competition is actually between Jaun Baksha and Salman. So does it seem like right now at the moment that Tarimin, regardless, he's not getting any playing time and he won't be playing time for club team? Does it seem like he's nailed on for the World Cup? Definitely, in my eyes. Well, about one of the names that the guys didn't really mention that much was Master Chujai. I mean, in this podcast, we, we sat down after the 2014 World Cup and even the 2015 Asian Cup and we criticised him and criticised the decision to start him in a lot of games. But he's really proved that uh, he can play at this level, he can still play at this level in the past 12 to 18 months. But we know he hasn't been involved in the past two squads for, for whatever reason. Um, do you think this absence is going to be a permanent one? And if so, then as the same question as I asked the other, the other two guys about what does will can he and will he play that number 10 role? Or do you think he'll be more fitting from a different spot? Uh, it's difficult to say. Uh, I would say Masood's enjoying an Indian summer to his career. And uh, he's really nailed that number 10 spot uh, and made it his own. And even his biggest critics like myself or even Pejman over the last few years we have grown to appreciate or commend his performances uh, post-Asian Cup. Uh, maybe it has little to do with Nekunam not being around as well. Um, I don't know. Maybe tactically that has an impact. He's definitely missed. And now we clearly see there is a void in the team. Um, 
I'm not sure if he's going to be back. I hope he is, but uh, I don't think any of us can answer that right now. In terms of Saman Gudus, uh, again, difficult to say. Clearly, he is versatile. He can play anywhere in the front four positions. As of now, I think Carlos Queiroz is just, uh, let's say, testing the waters with him to see where he fits and what he can bring. His assist against Togo came when he was a little bit more free and coming down the middle. Um, yesterday he was playing uh, more towards the right and there was a point when he made a beautiful layoff with the turn of the hip and laid it off to, I think it was Gafuri, if I'm not mistaken. So he definitely has shown a few glimpses of what he is capable of. Not so many, but it's not easy to come into a team that is... Uh, let's say, being chopped and changed with a lot of new players coming in at the same time. So it's not easy for you to really make an impact. I would have liked to see a settled team and then someone getting a couple of starts, but he had 90 minutes over the two games. Uh, technically, there should be another five or six games. Uh, the number 10 spot right now is potentially up for grabs, uh, we can say. Um, Taremi on the left, if I was a betting man, I would say he's going to start on the left as long as he's fit. He's definitely one of Carlos Kiros' favorite players. Did he play every single qualification game? He may have, even in the friendly. So he's 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 a he's, he's as closest to a sure starter as you can get. And then you have Jahan Bach on the right. Maybe they, someone could be a foil for him. Uh, an alternate, uh, you have the number 10 position. So there are possibilities, but if I was to predict today, I think that someone Bodos, will start the World Cup as an impact player and he could be our go-to guy on the bench. We saw a lot of uh, new players, or players that aren't really in the squad getting a chance in these two friendlies. You know, players like Hamad and like who started against Togo. Um, Abdullah Zadeh, um, Akbari Imani, of course, and amongst other players. Uh, Pasha, do you think, was there anyone for you that's really uh, impressed during these two games and really pushed themselves forward towards a, a World Cup uh, squad? Um, and also, do you think there was anyone who actually hampered their chances to be in the World Cup based on these two games? Um, based off... Um, that's tough because honestly, no, I wouldn't say it's nobody like besides maybe Todd or me out of everyone probably impressed me the most. Not even when Ansari Farad played, it seems like even when he was playing on the left flank, it doesn't seem like he was a. I think Karras was trying to test him out there because he's not, you know, he hasn't been playing for the national team, and I think he was trying to test him out to see if he could do a job for us there, and he wasn't. Um, somebody that hampered that's tough. Um, Based off what I would say is maybe, honestly, not that Bayron Van won't get a call-up, but I think that, you know, when we look at Hamad Delag that he started against Toga and we look at Bayron Van that started against Russia, I'm sometimes assuming that Carlos Karras has done this. He had these guys would do, you know, with a club, um, with a national team that basically has nothing to do with, you know, with Asian side. So, and basically watching Bayron Van, it seems like he's basically keeps giving Kairosh and I to look at Hayri to be our number one starting goalkeeper. Um, somebody that I was been watching and I still I'm very disappointed in him as is Vuria Gafuri. But I still believe that he's gonna be Ramin's backup. Um, but another player that I believe that potentially might not even make the team, 
uh, depending if for some reason somebody does well and another center mid comes in, is Omide Ibrahimi. I feel like ever since we've been watching him coming back, even from his injury, even post before his injury, he hasn't been up to a standard. I don't. I even believe that's the same case with his club. Um, but another player that I would definitely say that I've been huge of a critic and I can like back him away, but nonetheless he might be starting. But I could also see someone taking his place. Either is a John Bash. Regardless of the situation with how well he does, he's not doing well with Ramin or Guri. I just feel like he. It just seems like he isolates himself. And um, even when he plays, it just doesn't seem like, you know, he's he's playing up to the standards as he is for Azad, regardless of the tactical situations between the manager he has right now for a national team or for a club. And I feel like that's something that Carlos Cage is also looking at, and that's why I think he honestly is put in competition to bring someone to basically give a point to Adirza that you need to step up your game. Because even throughout that match versus Russia, honestly, even the second half, it's, he seemed non-existent. And um, so there's question marks, you know, there's more question marks, honestly, for this thing. But right now, at the moment, I could say that if Amiri didn't get a spot, I could see why. Um, but I would definitely want one player that I definitely want to see more of. And I think that he's made an impact towards it, even for his club right now under Ali Dai has been um, Torabi. Not because of his versatility, but every time I watch this guy, he just does the simple jobs, you know, very direct. Nothing fancy, and I feel like every time I watch Jahan Bash or Amiri or somebody's even tired of me, I feel like they try to do much to impress, and, you know, that's something that should be considered. I think Torabi right now is definitely going to give um, Amiri a run for his money. Well, like, when you consider the things that Pasha just said, and also I know you were impressed with Kava Rezaei's performance against uh, Togo, and you mentioned Cheshmi gaining more now. Do you think either of those players will make the World Cup? And what do you think we learned about the team and about the squad in general, and maybe even Kairos, from these two friendlies? You took the names out of my mouth. I was just about to talk about Kaveh Rezai and say that, yes, he quietly impressed. He looked hungry. He looked uh, proactive. He looked uh, aggressive. Uh, he was probably a little unlucky not to maybe get a penalty as well. But he is... He got playing time, so definitely Carlos Kirsch is looking at him. But at the same time, he is going to be competing in the most difficult part of the pitch. We have too many players for the style of football that we play. Uh, we have, okay, Osmond is going to go, Taremi is going to go, Jahan Bach is going to go. Uh, then you have Dejaga, who should go if he's fit. That's probably the first four. And then you have Saman Godus, that's five players. You have... Gucci, probably, that's six. And you have Ansari Fard, who's unlikely not to go, that's seven. And then, potentially, Vahid Amiri, who's been an ever-present in the squad. So that's eight players already. Do you think there's uh, room for another forward? I'm not sure. I don't think so. So, I, unless there's an injury, I don't think Kavirazai is going to go. Uh, uh, he did impress. Uh, you mentioned Cheshmi. He looks like to be the go-to guy in the recent games for... Impacts up uh, someone who plugs the hole in the defense or in central midfield. As of now, he's just as likely to go as anyone else in that area because I think the most question marks we have are over the central midfield. So I think, yes, Cheshmi has an advantage as in he can play in two positions. And generally speaking, Kirosh has, been, uh, has always favored players who can play in multiple positions because he could potentially free up a spot for another position on the pitch. So 
I think those guys are probably likely to go. And then in terms of people who hampered themselves, uh, difficult to say, really. Uh, Ibrahimi, did he do much? No, not really. Amiri, was he good? I didn't see too much of him. He didn't make much of an impact in his new role. Bayron Van looks shaky. Still can't judge the crosses. Decent as a shot stopper. Again, he made a good save. I think it was off a free kick or a shot. Um, but nothing new. I would like to see some competition there. So overall, yeah, let's see. I mean, I, I, personally, I would like to see Torah be given minutes. I would like to see someone what does uh, have a start in the actual lineup. I would potentially look at another centre-back with Hosseini maybe and then see if Pur Ali Ganji could uh, offer something a little bit further in front of them. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, Otherwise, the team more or less picks itself, and we talked before the pod, the squad, you would easily pick 15 of or, or fifteen to 17 players off this squad. So we don't have many more, let's say, uh, spots available on the squad. Benjamin, as Bobak said, Kovacuzay was impressive, but I think for me, the fact that Kaliman Solifat isn't really playing uh, regular football for his club Olympiakos in Greece uh, is kind of concerning. But do you think there is any chance that if Kovacuzay continues the form that he has uh, for his club in Belgium and he carries on impressing uh, for the national team if he does get invited again, that there is a chance he will go to the World Cup instead of Ansolifado? Do you think it's too late for any any changes of that sort? Uh, in the, uh, in the striker position? Uh, no, most certainly not. Uh, I think that uh, Ansari Fad really needs to be aware. And, uh, you know, he wasn't good in, in the game against uh, Togo, but he did what uh, strikers are supposed to do, and that's to score goals. So, uh, in that sentence, uh, he should be praised. Uh, he, he saved himself and he bought himself some more time to to be a part of the, the squad. But no, uh, I would if if Kaverzai uh, continues to play the way he's been playing, uh, he must be a part of the squad because right now we see him playing full of confidence. He wants to ball. He wants to be in action and he. He's, he's, he's hungry and he's, he's ready for this challenge and uh, I'm glad that he's getting regular playtime in Europe and that's the most important thing for uh, Karim. If he doesn't leave Olympiakos, it would be a Greek tragedy for him. But Sir, if I can interject, don't you think that Rezai is more a like-for-like -like, uh, player to Gucci than Ansari Farad who is more of a target man, tall, decent in the air, can play on the left side as Carlos has used him at least, can use him on the left side. So don't you think Gucci should be also on his toes or more likely to be Rezai or Gucci? Uh, well, yeah, I, I do believe that uh, Karim could be our starter on the left side, but 
he's he he doesn't know how to defend Karim. To be honest, uh, he, he's good near the opponent's goal, but uh, in the World Cup, maybe he will only get like one chance, and and the rest of the time he needs to think on how to be part of the defending squad and defending uh, players. And I don't know how he will cope with that. Uh, the question about Rezaï versus Uchanejad, uh, it's it's difficult because Uchanejad uh, he's been. Uh, yeah, he doesn't play so much anymore in the national team, and that's that's really tough for him because he's playing regularly in Europe as well. But uh, somehow it feels like Kerush is uh, is searching for maybe the next Gucci, or, or rather say the next player that will replace Gucci, and in that we can find uh, Rezoi, who who maybe is more talented. Than uh, uh, than Najad, but still not a, a good striker striker as him. So I think uh, Rezoi's toughest compo- uh, components or oh, say sorry competitor will be Najad and maybe not Ansari Fad. So uh, I, I agree with you in that sentence. Okay, thank you guys. Um, now moving on to the last part of this episode, which are the questions that we've been asked on Twitter. Um, Babak, I'm going to start with you, and this is a question by Ario Alloverdi. There's a few parts of this question, and he's asked, Are you surprised by the lineup? Amiri Haisafi at left by Kafuri instead of Ramin, Hariri not tested, and also what is happening to Jahan Bash? I mean, we, we kind of discussed the, the lineup in regards to Amiri and Haisafi and even Kafuri, uh, but I like the question about Jahan Bash. What do you think is the key factor to him? Not maybe not performing to his best uh, for for Iran. Tough to say. It's probably the biggest. Um, if I was Carlos Kiros, it's the question I would be trying to answer the most. Because if he does answer it successfully and finds a solution for it, you have unboxed or uncovered a very very big asset to the national team. Uh, John Bax is the kind of player who should be giving you. A goal or an assist at least every other game. Uh, that's uh, so. I'm saying he should be very effective in the final third. Is it tactically that he's supposed he's a little bit more constrained with us and uh, to allow someone like Ramin Rezaian to have much more freedom to go up front? It's possible that this is the role that Carlos Kiros wants him to play, and then he's potentially an outlet on set pieces. Is it that he's trying to impress too much? Uh, I don't know, but if you look on the left side, you have Taremi who cuts in a lot. and He's finding himself in the box, so maybe Jaumbach has to hug the line, as you said before the game, uh, before the pod, Sina. Uh, but I would think that Jaumbach needs to be in the box more or moving towards the box more uh, to, to to really make an impact. So it's diff- it's tough. I mean, if if I had that answer, then I probably should be. Ne- Next to Carlos Quiro. In terms of surprises, we discussed it, like you said, more or less. Uh, some surprises, uh, some disappointments, but there is enough time uh, to, let's say, satisfy all of our doubt. Pasha, we've got a question here um, from PGC1937, and he's asking who are we playing in November? I mean, last time I checked, we haven't really got any friendlies. 
uh, confirmed yet uh, in November. But have you heard any any rumors or any indication that there might be one or two friendlies for us? Um, well, I can't say maybe exactly for November, but I could say that when I, uh, you know, talking to a few people, uh, Carlos Queiroz is eyeing Portugal as one of the friendlies at the moment. And um, that's the only thing I have. So he's trying. He's pushing that really hard. Um, but regardless of that, I have no other info. Um, but if anything comes, we'll, obviously we'll reveal it on the pod. But at the moment, Carlos Kersh is pushing for a friendly between Iran and Portugal. Now, is that gonna happen in November? I would probably say most likely not. But um, is it is it a fact? Yeah, it's it's he's trying to. Peshman, I've got a question from Taj Bakshi, and she's asking. Did you expect Kodus to start uh, against Russia? I know Kerush is switching it up, but Kodus is so well against Togo that I was hoping he would start. Well, uh, I think uh, Kerush already made up his mind which players will start both against Togo and against Russia. Although he didn't mention it to the squad, you know, just uh, before the very last day or even in the morning. Uh, so no matter what, how good some players did, uh, it doesn't matter because then we should expect it to see maybe Kaveh Rozai and a couple of other players for uh, in 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 the Togo game to start against uh, Russia. This is uh, Kairos' time to test some ideas and maybe some uh, some players. So uh, it doesn't really matter about that. Uh, but I would like like to see uh, someone play from start. As we said before, he should play uh, in a in a real starting eleven or with the best players. Then he can show us if he's if he's ready for for the big stage or not. And did you have another question there? Sorry, I think I missed that one. If you had um, no, that was it. She was just asking. Um, you know, he did so well against Togo, and she was hoping he would start against Russia. But. Um, Moving to the next question, I want all of you to answer this particular question. And we'll be discussing this in, in more depth in the near future. But Raymond Moving Screen has asked, who do you hope to be in Iran's group in the World Cup? Now, um, we've all seen the possibilities of, of, of the pots and how they work. So I want each one of you to just give me three names of the teams that you hope to be in Iran's group. We'll discuss it in more depth when, uh, when the draw is made. And uh, we do a preview of the draw and uh, a review of the draw later. But I want each one of you to give me an answer for now, and I'm going to start with you, Bobak. Russia, Panama, Russia, Panama, and stole from me, Peru. Um, that's of course uh, F. Peru managed to get past New Zealand, which is which is probably likely. Kajman, uh, what do you think? Um, yeah, I'll say Russia or Brazil. It would be fun to play against Brazil. <laughs> um, Sweden. I think it's time for Iran to show them that uh, they are actually a better team. And uh, oof, maybe a team like Honduras or... Nigeria, it's time to show them again from the World Cup that they didn't deserve that draw. Or well, actually, they did deserve a draw. Million, do you think 200 million people are ready for that, though? The sequel? Yeah, I mean, the sequels are always the best parts, you know? Just like a Terminator. 
possible. So, yeah, that, that, that's that's uh, my team. I would like to have some fun games, you know, Russia, Peru, and uh, Panama. That's a uh, that's a group that we should probably advance from, but would be that's would be so fun. I don't know. Yeah, I know. You're thinking the way uh, some people should be thinking, and that's totally correct. But I know I would like to see one of these killer teams. You know, I mean, come on. You remember Iran versus Argentina? Argentina. You won't have nothing to be ashamed of. So why not bring in another big giant and and show them the the Iranian uh, way of almost winning. <laughs> uh, Pasha, what, what are your teams that you'd like to see uh, in that group? All right, I don't want to say say the same thing the guys on, but I, from thinking from top of my head, um, Poland, I would say um, Poland definitely one of them. Oof, sorry for part two. Um, Peru, as the guys have pointed out to, and probably from part four, if I'm trying to think. Um, Panama, Panama or Morocco, to be honest, you know. Um, yeah, but it's going to be interesting. As long as, I, from looking at it, probably part two is much stronger from part one off of my memory. But um, if we could get an easy, well, not an easy, but a decent side from part one and a decent side from part two, I think we have a good chance of qualifying. I just don't want Germany or Spain, or Argentina, or stuff like that. But I would take, like, Belgium, maybe. Right, and you have It's your group as well. Oh, uh, I mean, we talked about this before the podcast, and uh, I don't know. I, I would like to have one big team in our group, just so they can take points off everyone. So, I'm going to say Russia, probably Colombia, or even Italy. Ooh, and uh, Honduras. That will be my group. Again, uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's a balanced group, but I, I think the permutations are so many, we just have to keep our fingers crossed and see what happens on December, I think it's the 2nd or the 1st. December 1st on Friday. I think we'll be definitely, we'll definitely be uh, recording a podcast once the pots and the teams are all confirmed to, to discuss the... Uh, possibilities uh, and uh, the groups that we could we could get in the World Cup. But for now, that's all we have in this episode. Um, Pasha, Pejman and Bobak, thank you very much, guys, for your contribution. Thank you. And thank you for listening to this episode. If you have um, any suggestions, any criticism, any comments in regard to the podcast, and, uh, please tweet us at, at Golbezan. Um, we always want to hear you want to hear your thoughts and, and opinions. But again, thank you for listening, and until the next episode, uh, goodbye.